This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Previously on Colors. Racist behavior can be perpetrated against people of one race by people of another. But it can also be perpetrated against people of one race by people of that same race. There's a term for that. Internalized racism. I tend to use the term internalized racism to represent the experience of people of color who have internalized the racism from society. Dr. Tandiwe D. Watts-Jones is a licensed clinical psychologist and a faculty member at the Ackerman Institute for the Family. Essentially what that means is that the proponents of racism and all the variety of ways in which it's exacted speak to or insist upon uh, the inferiority of people of color. And so when you've internalized that, that means that you have internalized to some degree that you are inferior. And sometimes victims then turn around and take it out on family members, co-workers, and others of their same race. Coming up in this episode of Colors. The Washington Area Community Investment Fund. The objective is to really um, help local business owners to grow their businesses. Nancy Stark is the chair of the board at WACIF. And they're not just about giving out money. We are providing either capital in the form of a loan or um, knowledge capital, like in the way of technical assistance, networking, capacity building. And they serve a very specific clientele. Low and moderate income entrepreneurs who are almost exclusively. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. My name is Shonda Buchanan. I identify as African American and American Indian, and I am from Kalamazoo, Michigan. My name is Mike Jakaitis. I am an Asian American. My name is Lara Capuano. I am located in Rochester, New York, and I am white. My name is JJ Green. I'm black, and this is Colors. I bet you've heard the phrase, give a person a fish, they'll eat for a day. Teach them how to fish, they'll eat for a lifetime. If you haven't, now you know it. And sometimes it's important to give a person a handout. Sometimes it's good to teach them. Sometimes it's good to do both. And that's exactly what the Washington Area Community Investment Fund does. Their mission, to promote equity and economic opportunity in underserved neighborhoods in Washington, D.C. Joining us to talk about it is their board chair, Nancy Stark. Nancy 
according to the information I have, WACIF was established in 1987, and the mission is to increase equity and economic opportunity in underserved communities in the Washington, D.C. area. And as most folks know, there is a heavy minority community or minority communities in the Washington area. So I'm assuming that a lot of the work you do is in those communities of color in in Washington, D.C. That's absolutely right. In fact, I think the latest number was something like 90 percent of the individuals served by WACIF, that's what we call it, WACIF, W-A-C-I-F, are people of color. It definitely is not a required designation because that would not be appropriate, but, um, and and we're talking about the the DC metro area. A large number of people served are in DC, but we do serve the region. That's why it's called the Washington Area Community Investment Fund. Mm Um, but it is very much um, the, the people who are served by WACEF and small business owners are almost exclusively people of color. Okay. What is your objective in serving this, these communities? The objective is to really um, help local business owners to grow their businesses. So I'll put it in contrast to People are familiar with things like Shark Tank, where somebody has a a bold idea and they're coming from out of nowhere and they want to propose this idea and perhaps they get seed capital from some source. That is not what Wake is about. We are providing either capital in the form of a loan or um, knowledge capital, like in the way of technical assistance networking, capacity building to um, low and moderate income entrepreneurs who are, as I said, almost exclusively people of color. So the objective is to help grow these businesses. So these are folks who perhaps created a business a few years ago, maybe as recently as a year ago, but they're not in the idea stage. They're in the, we want to kind of make this work because it's a job creation mechanism. Yeah. Wake up since uh, 87 has created about 22,000 local jobs. So that is very much the intention. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, from other interviews you've done, uh, being a small business owner, especially if you're a person of color or you're a person with limited financial means, and you cannot get a loan from a bank for a variety of reasons we can discuss if you want, is very, it's very, very difficult. And WACEF is um, one of the many organizations around the country that provide that financial capital as well as the um, technical assistance, networking, and so on. Yeah, and those 22,000 jobs are full and part-time. Is that correct? Yeah, that would be true. Okay. So how much money overall since you started have you invested in these communities? Well, I can't say since I started, and again, my position is is a voluntary position. I chair the wake of board of directors. We have an executive director, an amazing executive director, Harold Pettigrew, who has been with the organization for six years. But what I can tell you is that since its inception, 1987, WACEF has deployed more than $50 million in capital. 
and served more than 3,500 entrepreneurs through advisory services. That means one-on-one technical assistance or sometimes small groups. And then, as I said before, has helped to create or retain about 22,000 local jobs. Mm-hmm. Women or minority-owned is a key phrase these days, and um, that is something that definitely needs to be focused on as people look at minority communities because uh, women are growing in, one, their abilities to, I should say, they're growing in the in the from the aspect that they're being given more opportunities and they're earning more opportunities, they're taking more opportunities. Your organization focuses on women or minority-owned businesses, but give us a sense of how women factor into what you're doing. Yeah, that's very interesting. Women factor uh, in, in a huge way. Actually, um, there is a program, there are many programs within WACEF, but one of the programs that we've been lucky enough to receive funding for and to operate is called EWOC, E-W-O-C, Enterprising Women of Color. So these are all women business owners who are all women of color who are trying to grow their businesses. And we do find recently that the number of women who receive services through Wake Up outnumber the number of men. And and that may even be true nationally in terms of the small business development. I think there's just been a huge entrepreneurship boom among among women. I'm not saying that they're all successful because starting and growing a business is not for the faint of heart, especially with COVID, for example. We were very involved in distributing some grant funds that we received from D.C. government and other sort of funding um, to help people. But this has been a very, very, I'm sure you know, very, very, very tough time for small business owners. And and women are uh, very, very much dominating in terms of creating and trying to grow businesses. Sometimes, and sometimes it's families. Mm-hmm. Um, we have several businesses that I'm aware of that are mother-daughter teams or sister teams um, you know, businesses in all shapes and sizes, all every everything you can think of. Yeah, really. So you don't just deal with business loans uh, and 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 that end of the that end of uh, assisting these communities. You do other things. What are some of the other things you do? Well, advisory services is kind of the kind of the the term we use as kind of the big bucket. So sometimes that's one-on-one. Oftentimes, someone will come to the Wake of website and they will fill out an intake form, which is very simple and short. And, and a lot of people come in saying, I need money. You know, that's, that's what they think will solve their business problems. And then they meet with an advisor over the phone or in person, perhaps. And it is determined pretty quickly that there are other problems to be solved before we get into the money issue, because maybe they really don't have an understanding of the cash flow in their business. Maybe they, um, they're trying to do all this by themselves. Maybe they're, they're, uh, they're trying to get a contract from the federal government, for example, and they don't have any of the designations that can help you to get a contract from the federal or state government, government being minority-owned, women-owned, veteran-owned, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so a lot of that, it comes under the heading of advisory services. So it may be one-on-one, or it can also be in a small group. We have a program called the Accend program, A-S-C-E-N-D, and it's been Accend Thrive, Accend. There are many different variations that we've run over the last few years. But the whole idea is that people apply to be part of this small group of business owners who want to learn together. And I think in this round, we have 14 businesses who have who applied and were accepted into the Ascend program. And they will go through a period of several months of gaining expertise in certain particular subject areas to help grow their business. And at the end, they will make a presentation um, in front of a panel. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's not Shark Tank. It's not, you don't win money through that panel. But what you're doing is you're proving that you learned through this program and you have the potential now to grow your business because you understand the, the, the flows of money in and out, marketing. There's just so much more to running a business than getting money. Yeah. And money, I'm not saying a loan isn't important. It's a very critical issue. And we are what's called a CDFI. It's a community development financial institution, which is designation of the Department of Treasury. So that's a huge part, but it's not the only part. Yeah. The word community strikes a chord with a lot of people these days. It's really important to have a community uh, involved in most everything now, especially considering uh, how... How much is at stake uh, in in the world we live in now, you know, that is necessary to have someone with you to help you deal with it, whether it was COVID, whether it is this business element that you're talking about, the acumen that's necessary, the, the, the mm-hmm. elements that are, imp- that are part of running a business. But one right. of the things, one of the things that I noticed in looking over your, your website materials was you have this process where you call it, you call it getting involved and you, you know, people can become a wake of wake of client and there are people who can, you know, get involved by working there or donating. So first of all, tell me about becoming a wake of client. What is that about? Well, if you operate, we, we're focused exclusively in small businesses. When wake up was first created in back in 87, the organization was also involved in affordable housing. In fact, that was a, a focus area, but now it's small business owners. So you'd basically just go to the website and you would fill out an intake form. It's, it's simple. It just, it says, who are you? Why are you interested? And then a staff member would follow up. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, oftentimes people sort of their entree is, Oh, I hear Wake Up has money. Hmm. I want a loan. And they come in through that way. And it could be that that's really um, the the answer right now. But more often than not, it's much more complicated yeah. than that. Um, so that's how they get started. In terms of other ways that people are involved, I chair the board. The board is currently um, 13 individuals. Um, we're probably going to be increasing up to 15 or maybe even 18. It's a very uh, active board. In my career, I've been uh, on several nonprofit boards, 
And I would say that the majority of the boards that I've been on have been dysfunctional, meaning that they don't start on time, they don't end on time, Mm. people don't show up, people don't do what they say they're going to do. Our board isn't like that. It's very active board, and it represents the community in terms of the diversity of people on the board. Um, And so that's another way to get involved, obviously, is to be um, a member of our board of directors. We do have a process for interviewing and selecting board members. Being uh, donating to the organization, uh, we really uh, appreciate any personal donations because they are they would go into our our fund to support the staff as well as what our lending into what we call the access to capital fund. Those are funds that we can use for whatever purpose to serve small businesses as different from a loan um, or or grant we might get from a funding source, government or philanthropy. Usually those are very, very much designated. They can be used for X, Y, Z in this way by this time, you know, et cetera. It's very specified. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, a $20 donation, we, we appreciate that. We do not have members. That's not, we're not an association, but we do uh, appreciate any donations. And we also have investors, which is unusual. Really? When, when Wake Up was first started, it was started with the idea of people would not only make donations, but they would make an investment. And there is a return on that investment. And I, for example, several years back, um, before I was chair of the board, made a $1,000 investment in Wake Up. And so I do get a little bit of return it is not a money-making operation, as you might imagine, but it's my way of, in addition to providing time to the organization, of supporting. And that $1,000 can be used in whatever means, you know, whatever way we need it. It's mm-hmm. not designated for X, Y, Z, the way that a grant from the D.C. government or a, um, a loan from a bank. Okay. What is new with Wakeif? Okay, I think I can answer that. So we are really excited because we recently purchased and will be redeveloping a building in Anacostia. So we're talking east of the river, wards seven and eight. Um, there is, um, there has been for many, many years, the um, Anacostia Arts Center. So we purchased that building. We're in the process of financing it and then also redeveloping it. And it will become our headquarters. It'll take several years for that to happen. It will retain a lot of the very exciting things that have been in the Anacostia Arts Center. For example, there is a business incubator. It's called The Hive. It's the only business incubator east of the river. So it's a place where people who are just starting with a business can get some, some, they can, they can actually have a desk and a mailing address and they can be part of some uh, classes. And it's a way it's that, that is an incubator that people are probably familiar with that term. Yes. Um, And there's other things that go on in the Anacostia Arts Center. There's a black box theater. There are several businesses that operate out of the center um, so those will continue to be then there. Um, um, 
Some of them people in Anacostia may be familiar with some businesses. Um, okay. And so that is our that is our most exciting thing to date. Okay. Last the thing. most yeah. Sure. The most important thing is um, that you're doing the work you're doing. Thank you for doing the work. Anything quickly you want to add before we go? Um, yeah, just real quickly. I, I just want folks to understand why there's a need to lend capital to small businesses. Sometimes people think, oh, you just can go to a bank. What's the big deal? Well, a huge number of people are not what's called like capital or credit ready. And it may be because they had a, a series of medical bills, they got behind their credit cards, it, you know, therefore it affected their, um, their credit score. It could be that just starting out and no bank is going to lend to you if you're less than three years um, in operation, could be their cash flow is not in great shape. So there is a need for these CDFIs across the country that provide that kind of lending capital and where a bank cannot and will not. Nancy Stark, chair of WACEF. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me and to us on Colors. We appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Stay tuned for some thoughts about race in America and details about our next guest. You're listening to Colors. My name is Jarena Thomas. I'm an African-American woman living in Washington, D.C. I am optimistic about most things, but when it comes to the issue of racism in America, admittedly, I'm pessimistic. I think racism is based on lack of exposure and inherent biases, which can be overcome over time and in different settings. But in the short term, I think that a lot of people will lose their freedom and their lives before we get to that point. This is Colors. A dialogue on race in America. If you have any questions or comments about colors, send us an email. You can reach us at colors at thecolorspodcast.com. That's colors at thecolorspodcast.com. My name is Shonda Buchanan. I identify as African-American and American Indian, and I am from Kalamazoo, Michigan. My name is Mike Jakaitis. I'm an Asian-American. My name is Lara Capuano. I am located in Rochester, New York, and I am white. My name is JJ Green. I'm black, and this is Colors. Coming up in our next episode of Colors... The racist murders of 10 African-Americans in Buffalo, New York, struck a chord with Tharaha Thavakumar. I live about, you know, an hour away from Buffalo. Um, I was numb. I was afraid. She warned us right here on Colors in December of 2021 that something like this was coming. So my warning was that this is happening and we need to be aware and we need to do something now. But for some reason, nobody's hearing her. That's my frustration with this, is this is happening and no one seems to want to acknowledge it. That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. Time to go again. And as we always do, I want to say thank you to some people. Micheline Bowman, Jocelyn Root, Roz Whitaker-Heck, Gina Bazemore, the Core family, Hillary Howard, Mike Jakaitis, Joel Oxley, Julia Ziegler, Hagar Chamali, Lisa Weiner. Deanna Howell, Melissa Howell, Christian Bartolin, 
Thank you to Yuri Sag. And for the music, thanks to Jesse Gallagher, Cosmic, and Offshane. And most of all, thank you to you for listening. And just remember, keep talking to each other. And just as important, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors on Apple, Spotify, Podcast DC, Podcast One, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.